Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Israel and Hamas have extended their temporary ceasefire for another two days. Experts are speaking highly of the first China International Supply Chain Expo, and the suspect involved in last week's shooting of three Palestinian students near the University of Vermont in the United States has pleaded not guilty. We start with the ongoing Palestine-Israel conflict. Israel and Hamas have agreed on a two-day extension of their temporary ceasefire. A Qatari official says this means at least 20 more Israelis held in Gaza and 60 Palestinians held in Israeli prisons will be freed. Hamas originally promised to release at least 50 hostages in exchange for 150 Palestinians in Israeli jails. Since Friday, the Israeli side has released 150 Palestinian prisoners, and Hamas has released 69 hostages, including 39 Israelis, 11 Israeli dual nationals, and 19 foreign nationals. Palestinian authorities say Israel has arrested more than 3,000 Palestinians since October the 7th. More than 15,000 Palestinians have died in the conflict so far. While Israel reported 1,200 deaths on its side, Sam Metnick reports. What this would look like would be two more days with no fighting and 20 more hostages released, 10 hostages per day of ceasefire. Qatar announced this on Monday. Now on Monday was the final batch of the original agreement, where 11 hostages were released into Israel. They are receiving medical attention, according to Israel's military. The majority of those released on Monday were children, but there are still an estimated 175 hostages believed to be in Gaza. It's unclear when they are going to get out. If they were to do a Ceasefire with batches of people being released. It could take up to about two and a half weeks. It's not even sure if that is an option that's on the table. A lot of the people in Gaza are soldiers that have been abducted, and it's likely that the militants would want a different kind of agreement in order for them to get out. Now, conflict analysts I have spoken to have said that Hamas is likely agreeing to this extension because it gains them favor with the Palestinians in Gaza, who are happy about this, this truce and no fighting. It also allows more aid to to get into Gaza, which has been greatly needed. It also allows Hamas strategic time to regroup ahead of the next offensive. Israel has made it very clear that no matter how long the ceasefire goes, it is not finished with this war. This is just a pause, and it is going to continue the fighting in order to accomplish its goals. In order to eradicate Hamas and make sure that all of the hostages are released. Also on Monday, the Palestinian Red Crescent put out a statement saying that it was very concerned about the, the fate of several doctors, the head of the Kanunis Hospital, the head of the Al Shifa Hospital, and two other medical doctors who were, they say, were detained by Israel during its offensive at the end of November. Now Israel said that it did take the head of the Al Shifa Hospital in for questioning. They said they did that because they consider the hospital to be a command and control center for Hamas, and they said he was in charge while it was being used as a center. Now so far, Israel hasn't produced any definitive evidence to show that the hospital is being used. As a command center. Now, while the Red Crescent was raising concerns about this, the people in Gaza right now, the Palestinians, have been using this four-day pause to check on their houses, much of which has been reduced to rubble because of weeks of airstrikes. They've been looking for loved ones, many people that they haven't known if they're alive or dead, and are trapped underneath the rubble. And they've also been trying to get the humanitarian assistance that has been coming in: food, water, cooking oil. Fuel, which hasn't really come into Gaza at all since the beginning of the war. That was Sam Manik in Jerusalem.
Tensions remain high in the occupied West Bank, where Palestinians have been released from Israeli jails. Israeli security forces fired tear gas and used a bulldozer to put out a fire in the town of Betunia before the arrival of freed Palestinians early Tuesday. Nur Harazin has more. The Israeli raids on Palestinian towns and cities in the West Bank have been going on for weeks now. I mean, uh, raids on Jenin refugee camp, Nablus, uh, Hebron, even um, uh, West Ramallah. So this has been happening for weeks. And actually, we're talking about more than 3,000 people from the West Bank that were arrested during the uh, past uh, weeks. Some of them are actually children. Some of them were arrested on um, Facebook posts, for example. So, yes, even though there is celebrations in the West Bank, people are happy that prisoners are going out from the Israeli jails and being released, especially women and children. But at the same time, what is happening on the ground is actually that Israeli forces are arresting uh, more Palestinians than the number that they are uh, releasing. Uh, for now, um, Palestinians here on the ground are hopeful, they are optimistic, especially that there is an international community pressure on both sides, on Hamas and Israel, and especially that both Hamas and Israel are committed and they uh, want a truce. That was Nur Harazin reporting. Turning to China, observers are saying that China's hosting of the world's first supply chain expo demonstrates its commitment to ensuring that people remain connected on a global scale. Wang Ke explains. We might have taken it for granted, the seamless shopping experience from a single online click to doorstep delivery. Crafting this experience for billions involves navigating a sophisticated global network of supply chains. With intensified trade in intermediate goods over the past few decades, production has become fragmented. Producers can source materials from the countries with the lowest costs, allowing them to serve distant markets through numerous establishments scattered around the globe. As a major beneficiary of the global supply chain, China has grown to contribute nearly 30% of the world's total manufacturing output. This worked well in the past, but in recent years, companies have begun prioritizing reduced risks in a global supply chain over cheaper costs. In a post-pandemic world dealing with ongoing trade conflicts, some companies are actively reshoring, bringing back operations once moved overseas to where they were originally located. But this will be costly. The combined cost for U.S. and European companies to move manufacturing out of China would come to a hefty $1 trillion in the next five years. China, on the other hand, is busy securing smooth and stable global connections. This commitment is underscored by its hosting of the world's first national-level expo, solely dedicated to supply chains. That was Wang Ke reporting. For more on the ongoing CISCE, Huang Fei takes a closer look at how the expo could make a difference amid growing uncertainties in the world economy. China's Premier Li Qiang kicked off the event with a renewed commitment to open market access. 
Supply chain security and stability are the foundation of development. This requires us to promote cooperation with mutual respect and equal treatment, strengthen key industrial chains and coordinate resources globally. We must avoid arbitrary interference in market behavior, support enterprises in their analysis and risk response, and strive to reduce factors of uncertainty and instability. Over 500 companies are joining the display. Major companies like Tesla, Qualcomm and ExxonMobil show a strong American interest, surpassing organizers' initial expectations. Among international participants, a notable 36% represent the United States and Europe. The expo is seen as Beijing's answer to Washington's de-risking approach. Some multinationals are exploring supply chain relocations to avoid fallouts of the China-U.S. tech rivalry. The World Trade Organization recently downgraded its 2023 forecast for global trade in goods from 1.7% to a mere 0.8%. With a high-profile event, China is positioning itself as a champion of globalization. China accounted for nearly a third of the world's manufacturing output in 2022 and continues to play a key role in global economic recovery. The expo is both a demonstration of China's own uh, supply chain resilience and a bit for new connections. Industry leaders are expected to delve into critical issues facing global supply chains today and are using this timely platform to shore up alliances amid changing trade dynamics. That was Huang Fei reporting. Finally, in North America, the man suspected of shooting three Palestinian students near the University of Vermont last week has pleaded not guilty as the U.S. Justice Department is investigating if he committed a hate crime. Authorities have charged 48-year-old Jason Eaton with three counts of second-degree attempted murder. The victims, all 20 years old, survived the attack. Benji Heyer reports. Jason Eaton, in custody, appearing via video link in court in Burlington, Vermont. He's accused of shooting Hisham Awatani, Tassin Ahmed and Kinan Abdelhamid, who were visiting relatives on Saturday. They were speaking Arabic and wearing a kafiyah, a traditional Palestinian scarf. Eaton allegedly fired at least four rounds at them. Police have searched his home. They found evidence which suggests he carried out the shooting, though no motive has been confirmed. Shootings are commonplace in the US, but this incident, if the FBI finds it to be a hate-motivated crime, potentially speaks to a worrying trend. The administration says tackling hate is a national priority, launching the country's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia earlier this month. That was Benji Heyer on a potential hate crime in the U.S. against three Palestinian students. Recapping today's headlines, Israel and Hamas have extended their temporary ceasefire for another two days. Experts are speaking highly of the first China International Supply Chain Expo, and the suspect involved in last week's shooting of three Palestinian students near the University of Vermont in the United States has pleaded not guilty. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.